Let's get you up to date on Forge FC. This is Focus on Forge with Anthony Urcioli on the Forge Audio Network. Hey, Forge fans. I'm Anthony Urcioli. This is the Forge Audio Network. Focus on Forge. Forge now focused on Toronto FC, finally. Uh, Forge no longer has to call Toronto FC a distraction. Now they are the objective. Saturday, Tim Hortons Field in Hamilton. Um, seating was expanded, so tickets are available for the match. 7 o'clock is the scheduled start time between Forge and Toronto FC, the 2020 Canadian Championship. Forge needing to feel good after that disappointing match last week against CF Montreal, where they bowed out of the quarterfinal of the Canadian Championship, uh, this year's version of the Canadian Championship. But they can still be the first CPL club to lift the Voyagers Cup. Um, Feeling pretty good after a win in Edmonton. FC Edmonton made it as difficult as possible. Fortunate to come back from two different deficits, and they needed to score four goals. They needed all four of those goals to secure a 4-3 win against Edmonton Tuesday night. Tristan Borges with the first ever hat-trick in Forge FC history. Now, helping us focus on Forge and talk about um, plenty Plenty. There's plenty to talk about. Uh, new format for the Canadian champion, or rather for the uh, CONCACAF Champions League qualifying, which benefits the CPL. Uh, Forge's match against Edmonton. Forge's upcoming match against Toronto FC. The play of Borges. The play of Abby Sissoko, who isn't going to show up on the score sheet after the game against Edmonton, but was as important as any player was on the field. Um... So let's do that. Let, let, let's get some help here. Let's bring in Adam Jenkins. He is the voice of the Canadian Premier League on One Soccer. He called the match between FC Edmonton and Forge, and he will be calling the match this weekend between Forge and Toronto FC. Thank you very much for having me back. Yeah, I'm. I, I'll touch. I'll get to Forge in a sec here, but I I thought the news today was interesting. You know, we we had heard that um, Canadian clubs were going to get another spot in the yep. uh, champ- Champions League and, or in the CONCACAF League. So the the idea that now there's th- essentially three paths for CPL teams to, to potentially qualify is the way is the way I'm interpreting it here. Yeah, it's a dream come true for the league. It's it's pretty much everything we had sort of forecasted or predicted it might be. What I love and what I think a lot of the coaches and players will love is that there's finally more meaning for the regular season. Um, before it had just been in the various iterations of our playoff format in the Canadian Premier League, it's been um, home field advantage in some cases. They're hosting leg two in a, in a home and away tie, but now there is the bona fide big time carrot for you at the end of it, where you guarantee your place in, in CONCACAF Champions League if you win the regular season. And you're right. If a Canadian Premier League team is able to have a year where they win the Canadian Championship, um, then they get that path too. So as it stands moving into next year, when the the qualifying for this will really kick in, um, you will have an opportunity for 33% of your league when Langley, whatever they will be called, it joins 33% of the Canadian Premier League could be playing in Champions League as well. So it's it's a massive victory for for the CPL today. Yeah, and it's what's great. You know, we talk about this adding extra weight to the regular season. 
home fields in the playoffs, it it's nice, but it's it's not enough. You know, we look at soccer around the world and there's a lot of meaning meaning behind the domestic campaigns. And when you add a playoff format, uh, which I'm in favor of, it does diminish the regular season a little bit. So as you said, this is, yeah, all around good news for, for the Canadian Premier League. Absolutely. And and I think you'll ask everyone, everyone will have a different preference, whether it's a certain league they grew up on and how they crown champions and how they do their cups. And obviously a lot of those leagues have more teams than the nine we will have in the eight we've had for the past three seasons. So there, there's, everyone has a way. Some people, yours truly included, will say that you should have the winner of the regular season getting a bye one step closer, whether that's right to the final or in their semifinal, they only need to win one of the two matches. So if they go on the road and they win, it's done right there. If they lose, they get another chance at home. Clean slate. There's all sorts of ways you can do it. Um, and like I said, it just boils down to big day for the league. And I think there's going to be a lot of excited people in the world of Canadian football. Yeah. Yeah, because at the end of the day, finishing first, you get a home match against the fourth place club. The way we've, especially this season with the type of parody, mm-hmm. I mean, that could be Forge. So we could see a Pacific Forge, you know, first round matchup, but it just doesn't seem, you know, like the way it should be. But uh, anyways, speaking of Forge, that's, uh, that's what we do here. Um, so the, the match against Edmonton was really f- interesting to watch. It looked almost like disaster is a bit of an exaggeration, but Forge not, not too far from an exaggeration. No, because <laughs> Forge had been talking about it being a must win just after what happened in Montreal, then to lose in Edmonton would have just been rough going and then having to go into that match against Toronto FC, a sigh of relief, I would think from uh, coach Bobby Smear after that match. Oh, there's no doubt about it. And in the post game, he was, he was a little bit more optimistic on his view of the first half. For me, it, it was nowhere near good enough. And I think the he said from the fifth minute, we took control of the match. And I thought to myself, that's fine. But if you want to be building the momentum and getting back to the Forge football that they've all been speaking about, then you need to be miles better in, in the second 45. And they were to their credit. Um, th- these are always weird weeks. And this is a weirder weird week if you will because you know what's coming up at the weekend and before in in different cups you can say we're sort of only keeping half an eye on on what's to come but you go midweek you got to travel from Hamilton to Edmonton they had a weird very congested travel schedule so I think they only flew in the day before the match played the game and then they got right back to Hamilton last night and then you have a chance to lift the Voyagers cup so it's weird for the team and and I don't want to keep making excuses for them because they showed in the second half that they don't need to hear them, but they're, they're still so flat and depleted at the back in the back four. If we, we really want to talk about the game, Rama was a sensation at right back. It was as good as he's looked in orange or gray yesterday, technically, but there there's a lot of positives to take from what they did, but you're right. It, it was near disaster for them. Someone is eventually going to be the team that Edmonton gets their first win of the season from in Forge's case. That is the last thing that they want in the lead up to the Canadian championship, all the questions, all the doubts, if you will, because after this, they're going back to the winningest club in Canadian championship history and they need to have their mind right and to get a player like Tristan Borges with that kind of confidence first hat trick in club history the second half uh sort of took a lot of that pressure off yeah I mean it's great to see uh, from Borges and I when when I was asking my questions to uh coach Bobby last uh, after the after the match against Edmonton um my as gr- Borges is the obvious standout from that match but Sissoko, he yep. his press caused the turnover on the first goal and got them. But when it looked like Ford was about to have a near disaster, 
Then it looks like it's another near disaster because Edmonton goes back ahead, but Sissoko again spots the run from Borges and delivers a perfect ball. It's it's been a, an, a weird year for Forge for a myriad of reasons. Um, part of that is the fact that they just don't have as many bodies as they're used to, and guys like Ashton Yodianson, Sissoko, who have been asked to do more than maybe they thought they would have to do, have really stepped up in really timely times this season too. Yeah, Sissoko was a revelation last night. That the the assist of the season, maybe even the team goal of the season. There's been some incredible strikes, incredible finishes every single round. We do those halftime highlight packs of what happened last week. And even though I do so many games, I keep watching it over and over again. Like, oh, I forgot how good that was. There's just been that many, right. but it's it's the timing of every moment in the second Borges goal. And it's a perfect pass. Now, Tristan's got some work to do to finish it with the right foot, especially for Tristan in that moment. Um, but it's just, it's the timing, the off-ball movement, and Sissoko rewarded with the assist there. But yeah, when you can have a player like that, and he wasn't an unknown commodity to the Canadian Premier League when Forge signed him, and I think there's still a few fans on the East Coast who wish he went back to, to Halifax, you see that even when things aren't going to go right for Forge in terms of injuries and fitness, you have the versatility and we're almost going to get to the point of the Canadian Premier League where we're going to need a most like an MVP and an MOP, most versatile and then most outstanding, kind of like the Canadian Football League does it. So Sissoko would be right up there with Ashley Johnson, who again were great. And I just think it's it, they finally were rewarded for the system and, and the commitment to forge football in the second half of that match. And it's just going to be something to take all the momentum from and and give everything. This is. This is going to be it for Forge. They can still be the first Canadian Premier League side to lift the Voyager's Cup. Can they get by TFC in a one match at home? Of course they can. Yeah. Uh, well, that, then that's that's interesting because we Forge has had some... There's been a lot of attention at Tim Hortons Field the last, uh, the last week or so. Media, uh, the interview requests. It, it would have been impossible to completely just forget about Toronto FC and focus on Edmonton. I, I mean, just the sheer psychology of it. And they get by Edmonton. Now they can finally start thinking Toronto. And how big of a difference does it make that Forge is playing that match at home versus at BMO Field? I, I think it's a pretty big difference. There would be something special, I think, if it was at BMO, but then you lose the home field advantage. And with the exception of last year's North Star Shield one match winner take all against Pacific, Forge has always stepped up in those moments, especially in cup football. They have found a way to use this, the intricacies. The it, It's like, um, I hate always defaulting to a hockey analogy here, but you know, sometimes you're playing in a really old arena and you rim the puck around the boards. You know which board is going to pop back the right way. Same thing with Tim Hortons yeah. Field. You'll know which way the ball is going to bounce depending on the conditions. If it's windy uh, coming off the, the mountain again, then that could help them as well. And it just gives... The, the familiarity, the comfort in knowing this is what the dressing room's like. This is going to be everything we need and the way we like it laid out. And it's going to just be one more reason for them to believe that they can do it. And of course, everyone who has a ticket is going to be treated win or lose. It's going to be a special night and what we hope will be the first of many encounters between like big brother and little brother in this moment. Yeah. What do you make? Uh, you know, possession is an interesting stat in, in soccer and it a lot of times it does you know, paint a picture of which team had more control, which team was more dominant. Um, not to go back to to the Edmonton match, but just as a whole, you know, Forge is going to have way more often than not have the advantage in possession 
over 75% against Edmonton, but still, you know, one, four, three. So it's, it's been odd because Forge has dominated possession all season, but hasn't necessarily been rewarded for it. What, what do you make of just that possession stat in soccer altogether? It, it's my least favorite of the, of the stats because there's very little you can do with it. It's, it's like a, a lot of the times if you're watching the match and like watching it and invested in it and not just having it on in the background and listening to commentary, you're just sort of keeping an eye on it, you know who has the ball for the most part. And so many, if it's like 60, 40, that's a washout. It doesn't really matter. So I, I were spoiled with the um, the live stats we have as the league, as the league's broadcaster. So I'm typically looking at things like passes in the final third, um, final third entries, duels won, uh, sort of the minutiae. And I've gotten... Better might not be the best adjective for this, but I try and make a point of it now when we're doing the halftime stats or the full-time stats. You can read the the obvious ones that are there, but I'll try and say, okay, well, here's 70% possession for Forge in this moment, but what have they done with it? Oh, they've also made something like 555 passes or 551 accurate passes. That's impressive because Edmonton was only allowed to make 134. And what's the passing accuracy? If it's really inflated and it doesn't look like it meets the eye, how many of those passes are center back center center back, left back, center back, center back, right back. So you, you can use the stat to tell the story. For me, possession is one that I I don't necessarily pay a ton of attention to. If we want to still talk about possession, ask me questions about possession one in the final third, for example, where it's a little bit more advanced, it's a bit more specific because especially a team like Edmonton, since we're using that as our example from last night, the Eddies are fine to let you have the ball. They're they're going to be a pain in the rear when they're pressing or when they do get their counter moments. Those vertical runs, Kamara especially loves those, especially back post, and they've got the the wide players especially that can do something with it. So if you want to have, if you want to play Edmonton, pass the ball around, not do anything with it, that's fine. Have your possession, but they're going to be, be difficult to break down in other ways. Yeah, well put. That was even. I'm glad I asked the question. I got. <laughs> As great of an answer as I could have expected. Um, all right. So Toronto FC for fans that have been focused on forge, maybe they only watch the CPL. I don't know. What can they expect from Toronto FC just for fans who have not seen much of TFC this season? Well, for fans who haven't seen much of TFC this season, they haven't missed a ton. If I'm, if I want to be blunt, like they're, they're in this weird transition period. They got the new manager that's come in, starting to make some of his changes. A lot of the young players are really going to get a run. They're 12th in the Eastern conference standings right now. They're not far out of the bottom of the supporter shield race. They're a team in transition. Um, Having said that, They are still a major league soccer side. They are still a historic Canadian soccer team. They are going to be tough to beat. You look that you can use these facts or ignore these facts based on the result, basically, is how I like to say it. If TFC goes on and dominates the game, you can say, well, this is how much more money they have in their budget. This is how many people are on the staff. These are their facilities, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Or if Forge comes in and beats them, you can say, look what we did. This is the this is the Goliath that we slaved as David. They are. They're a well-oiled machine, but they need to be at their best because in a season like this, there's going to be a lot of pressure because their semifinal appearance in the Canadian Championship for 2022 is going to be against CF Montreal, which both sides will think of that as the final. Because if you get that, you're either moving on to the weaker um, Canadian side, depending on how you look at it in terms of form and perspective, or you're getting York United if York United have an upset at BC place. So they're, they're going to feel more optimistic that this is their best chance to win the Canadian championship 
in this season because it's one match and they've got it. They're going to try and put a lot of things forward. Losing Osorio is going to be big for them. It was announced that he'll miss the Canada camp with an injury. We saw how impactful he was coming off the bench for Bob Bradley at Wanderers Ground and basically creating the match-winning goal. So they have a ton of talent. They're going to – it'll be interesting how much – of their A team, they start from the beginning because the Voyager's Cup, not to diminish it, it's not like you win this, you're going to Champions League. It's just for TFC, another trophy in the cabinet for them. So they're going to be, there's going to be a bit more of a balance. I think we'll see some rotation from them, but they cannot take Forge lightly, especially if they go down. It's going to be very, very difficult for them to get back into the match. So for me, the biggest thing for Forge to accomplish at the weekend is they have to start on time because when they don't start on time they are out of sorts they are chasing matches they they aren't able to put their stamp so they they need to meet tfc with purpose with aggression with confidence confidence is never lacking in this team especially when kyle becker is wearing the captain's armband it's going to be an exciting game i don't think it's going to be a blowout one way or the other i genuinely believe this is going to be a tightly contested match that might have uh, a little bit of hostility and aggression as the, we watch this rivalry be born because there's so many players that are, that are going to want a shot and for Ashton Morgan to play against his former side for, for players who have been in and out of the Toronto FC Academy throughout their career, this is going to be a big moment for them, and especially with Lucas McNaughton coming back to Tim Hortons Field, Caden Chung coming back to Tim Hortons Field. Lucas will almost certainly get the start. They don't want to get beat by the same player that helped lift uh, the North Star Shield for the opposite side. So there's a ton of storylines. It's it's going to be a super exciting match. But I think, again, I would much rather Forge be getting Toronto FC in a year like this than two years from now, maybe, or four months from now, when you can have some guy named Lorenzo Insigne potentially coming off the bench. As much as Forge supporters would love to see Insigne play Tim Hortons Field, I'm sure. It, it's It's the time to get TFC now. It doesn't mean it's going to be an easy performance or an easy um, task for the Hammers. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do with my Insigne Napoli jerseys. To be honest <laughs> I can't. I, I feel weird wearing them now. Um, the uh, so yeah. I mean, this if there's an opportunity for Forge to beat Toronto FC, this seems like a really good time. And um, be- before I let you go, you mentioned this. Just reminded me of you mentioned budget. It was really hard not to feel a little bit bad for Ellen Koch and Edmonton after that match against forge the just he he looked like a guy that was just he was out of answers you never want to see a manager that just kind of he just looked really it was down it was frustration it was he talked about the fact that they're they have budget issues he was very honest about the limitations of the roster i mean that that can't be fun and it wasn't i i did you even as a forge fan you have you watch that and you're like uh i, I do feel kind of bad for edmonton right now yeah, it, it's not an ideal situation. Like it, you're totally, you're not far off to feel bad. I think having had the conversations with Alan as much as I had from the off season to the match days and and just checking in from time to time, he's always been pragmatic about it. He's he knows it's not going to be easy. He, the reality is, this is a team made up of loan players from across the CPL, where other owners are paying for Edmonton to still exist and have a team until new ownership can be found and. Like in his shoes, and I don't want to speak for Alan, but basically you're asked to come in, spend a season, try and put in your system. I think when he came in, there's like, there's this idea we want to be an attacking team. Very quickly, he realized better served with the roster, with what we've got going on with our stadium to be a bit more defensive minded. So they started to lay the foundation for that. And then New Year's Eve earthquake comes, that foundation's ruined. So a lot of people in Alan's shoes would have just said, I'm out of here, packed up, see you later, not worth it because everything I've done 
It's like if you're writing an essay to the very last minute and then your file gets corrupted and you have nothing to show for it, start all over again. That's that's kind of like what Allen's been faced with. So they go into every game not expecting to win it. And that's got to be emotionally and mentally taxing on everybody. And they deserve a ton of respect from the league for being difficult to beat. Because I think especially when there's a bit of congestion or when you're playing a tough opponent, what is the reason or what's the motivator for a lot of these athletes to go in and oh, we got to do it again. We're, we're, we could get to a situation where it's five, six, seven match days down the road and they're still looking for their first one because the way the roster has needed to be built, that's kind of what's expected to happen, but they never quit. They really are representing that city well. And when the time comes that the right person, the right group to, to reinvest in this team, to buy them um, and put them back on an upward trajectory. I think they're going to be better served for approaching this season, approaching every game with the attitude that they have. And you're right. It's a little bit difficult to watch a dejected coach, especially in that moment where it really looked like they could have got something more out of the match, say for a howler from BQB Saint, not to pick them when they're down, but Mm. they were good last night against a really good team and they deserve more. So yes. And that, in that press conference, especially it was disappointing to see Koch as frustrated as he was because in that moment, what more can you do? They had a pretty good game plan. Looked like it might be their day. Try again next week for the Eddies and they'll keep doing that until the end of the season. And just, we hope nothing but the best for, the right owner to come in because Alan Koch, especially and the staff, Todd may and everyone there deserve it. And I think most fans would like to see them get their first win. Um, in our case, just not, not against, against theirs. So yeah, there you go. Exactly. There you go. Big yeah. asterisk. Maybe not against Ford, but um, <laughs> in this case, but yes, uh, Adam Jenkins, fantastic as always, always on top of his game, the voice of CPL <laughs> soccer on one soccer. Uh, again, thanks so much for doing this. Thank you. See you at the game on Saturday. All right, Adam Jenkins never, ever disappoints. And uh, he was he was definitely on his game, on his game today. All right, thank you, Adam, and thank you, Forge fans. Keep it locked onto the Forge Audio Network. You can subscribe uh, through Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts, also on YouTube, on all the Forge FC social media outlets, and, of course, the official website is Forge uh, of Forge FC as well. It's all there. It's all for you, and we have plenty coming up. So thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon. Anthony Urcioli and Focus on Forge. Subscribe on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts to the Forge Audio Network.